Moreover, he made high places and did not seek to shoot it. It caused the inhabitants of Jerusalem to play the harlot and run to the well, things don't go so well for Jehoram. Uh, who starts revolting against him? Edom. Um, and? Libna. Um, so, you know, things are starting to sort of unravel themselves. Libna was down on the border with the Philistines, and Edom was down below the Dead Sea. And, you know... Parts of Jehoshaphat's kingdom are breaking away and becoming independent. Um, you know, Jehoram was seeking certain things whenever he killed his brothers. Maybe those cities that their father gave them, but when he kills the brothers, he ends up losing territory to his enemies. Um, you know, he, tr he killed them but others killed his sons, so he reaps what he sows. He's trying to, to protect himself, but he ends up dying a painful death. You know, overall, you can really see that, that the, the kind of strategy that Jehoram tried to use to secure power for himself, killing off his brothers, he's not really becoming more and more powerful. He's becoming less so through this. Comments and questions? I assume that's the case. Yeah, yes. I think that's a fair, uh, a fair conjecture. And now they had enough, and they turned apart from God, so they revolt. Exactly. Some of the gains Asa and Jehoshaphat have made, now Jehoram loses. Maybe Jehoshaphat didn't teach that as well as he should have, or maybe Jehoram didn't listen as well as he should have. I don't know which was the case. Uh, but it is a shame, because he's certainly not turning to the Lord like his father had done at all. And, uh, you know, sometimes children are just rebels. <laughs> Other thoughts? All right, Second Chronicles 21, verses 12 to 15. Then a letter came to you from Elijah the prophet, saying, Thus says the Lord God of your father David, Because you have not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat, your father, and the ways of Asa, king of Judah, but have walked in the way of the kings of Israel, and you have caused Judah, the inhabitants of Israel, to play the harlot, as the house of Ahab played the harlot. And you have also killed your brother, your own family, who are better than you. Behold, the Lord is going to strike your people, your sons, your wives, and all your children <coughs> with a great calamity. And you, will, and you will suffer severe sickness and disease in your bowels, until your bowels, become, until your bowels come out because of the sickness day by day. Well, now this is kind of a surprise. What is this? Yeah, this is a letter from Elijah. And it's surprising, first of all, because Elijah was a prophet to the north. Uh, particularly to what king? Ahab. 
This is the only time we know about Elijah making a prophecy down in Judah to any king in the south. I wonder why all of a sudden Elijah is sending a letter down to a, a king of Judah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Um, you know, he uh, is Ahab's son-in-law and he's acting like Ahab. You've got a very northern situation down in the southern kingdom, and uh, perhaps uh, the right prophet to deal with it would be Elijah. He's had plenty of experience in dealing with uh, the family of Ahab. So I think that's a good point. What else is a little surprising about this? We don't read about Elijah writing other letters, but that's what we've got here. I, don't, I guess Elijah knew how to write, you know. So this is a written prophecy. Maybe because he's up in the north, he doesn't have an opportunity to tell him in person, but he writes in a letter. Anything else surprising about this? Well, it's the only time in Chronicles Elijah is mentioned, and I don't think this is the case, but it's worth throwing out. <laughs> there is a slight possibility Elijah was already dead <laughs> when this letter was received. Um, I'm assuming he probably wasn't, but that, that means that some things in Kings were probably out of chronological order. Um, but, but if you read Kings and you don't think about that, you'd think that Elijah was dead. That's not impossible that Elijah could have written a letter that was to be delivered later on. But, uh, Andrew. Okay, well, that's a good point. Yes. Uh, Maybe I should rephrase that. Um, it seems that Elijah was already off the scene. <laughs> That's a better way to phrase that. Thank you for that. Scene. Yeah, he's already um, departed from this world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was already uh, in chariot uh, en route to a better world. So, but I, I think probably not. But, but at any rate, it is possible that Elijah was... Uh, was not really around even at this time, which would make this even more a bit of a shock. What does the letter say? Exactly. He's been bad in what sense? Uh, yeah, you've lived not like your father, which would have been a good thing. You've lived like the kings of Israel, like your father-in-law, Ahab. And what else had he done bad? Yes. At least they hadn't married into Ahab's family. That's they were better in that way. Uh, that's that's pretty uh, putting the uh, barb in and twisting, you know. And uh, what's the Lord going to do to Jehoram? Yes, with an intestinal disease uh, until his intestines come out because of his sickness. That does not sound like a very pleasant way to meet your demise. Yeah, <laughs> real comfort, you know. That's a pretty specific letter, too. Yes. No way of misunderstanding this one. Joram might have said the same thing about Elijah that Ahab had said. Do you remember what Ahab on one occasion called Elijah? Troublemaker? Yeah. 
the troubler of Israel. Yeah, he's the troublemaker. Exactly. And, uh, well, I can see uh, perhaps uh, Jehoram feeling the same way about him at this point. The thing of it is, in both cases, it was not Elijah that troubled anybody. The trouble was because of Ahab's behavior, because of Jehoram's behavior. Elijah is just the messenger to announce the punishment God was bringing against them. Comments and questions? First Peter four. Yeah, yeah. There's good reasons for suffering, and there's uh, bad reasons for suffering. And in this case, Jehoram will suffer because of his sin, and uh, that makes this all the worse. Other comments? Well, sixteen to twenty. Jehoram and and what do they do? Uh, they, they come against Judah and invade it, carry away all the possessions and Jehoram's children and wives. And what, we're starting to uh, kind of uh, lose numbers fast in the royal family. Stop and think about it. Who's left? Jehoram's brothers, what happened to them? Jehoram's sons, what happened to them? So you're left with Jehoram and one son that was spared. And what's his name? Jehoahaz. Now, we will know him in 22.1 as Ahaziah. Let me just go ahead and do this here. Uh, I ought to use the black one, maybe. Jehoahaz and Ahaziah are really the same guy. Well, a little late. Um, 
And let me show you how this works. I don't know if you can see this anyhow or not, but Jehoahaz and Ahaziah. I forget what Ahaz means, but the Jeho in front of Ahaz is Jehovah, or the Ayah on the end of Ahaz is Jehovah. So it's just a matter of whether or not you put the Jehovah at the beginning or at the end of the name. It's essentially the same thing. It's like, you know, saying Gary Fisher or Fisher Gary, <laughs> you know, or something like that. Uh, so Jehoahaz, Ahaziah, same name. You either put the Jehovah as a prefix or a suffix. But that's the only one left, really, uh, is, is his youngest son, uh, Jehoahaz. So um, this promise to David that he'll always have his descendants sitting on the throne starting to get a little thin, starting to look a little uh, shaky. Uh, and then what happens to Jehoahaz himself? Jehoram himself, I'm sorry, yes. Yeah, this sickness, what, what, just what Elijah said. You know, he has this incurable sickness in his intestines, and uh, his intestines end up coming out, however that it was, but it was very painful, <laughs> and uh, not a good way to, to go. And uh, when he died, what was the reaction? Yeah, they didn't make a fire for him like they had for his fathers, and they didn't bury him in the tombs of the kings. Yeah, you love verse 20, he departed with no one's regret. <laughs> I don't think so. Nobody was sad when he passed off the scene. I, I, I've said this before, uh, but it's kind of a curiosity that fits here. You know Herod the Great, the king who was king when, uh, when Jesus was born and who killed the babies around Bethlehem and, and who killed off a certain number of his own offspring and so forth out of jealousy. Uh, the, uh, one of the Roman uh, authors said it was safer to be one of Herod's pigs than one of his sons. But, uh, but, but Herod was not popular uh, because of his tyranny. But he was determined that people would be sad when he died. He arrested various prominent citizens of Israel and ordered their execution at the moment whenever he died. And that way he was sure that some people would be grieving whenever he died. <laughs> That's one way of trying to be sure that somebody's unhappy when you die. Of course, guess what happened when he dies? They didn't have to follow his orders anymore, and they didn't. <laughs> So those guys weren't executed, and I suspect no one really regretted his death either. But, uh, but this is just a, a really cool way to say it. You know, he departed with no one's regrets. Je Jehoram was just despicable, and uh, nobody liked him. There's something else that's kind of curious about this. You, when, at the end of each of the king's accounts, you know, as, as they kind of wrap up the account, they all, almost always say something that they don't say here. Do you know what that something is that they almost always have said that they don't say here? Well, they sort of say that here. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, maybe so. I'm thinking of something else. 
Yes. For more information, see such and such a book. Yes. And I suspect that the author here did not mention other sources of information because his life was not worthy of any further research. You know, it really don't need to know any more about him. And so he doesn't even mention, doesn't footnote other places where you can find information about him, like he did the other kings, which is kind of interesting. All right, comments or questions on Jehoram? And on... She's still around. Didn't get taken away. Wish she had have been. <laughs> you might be right about that one. Good point. It's interesting, structurally here, how the letter to Elijah is flanked by reports of nations rebelling or invading. You know, he tells about the revolt of Edom and Libna, then the letter, and then the attack by the Philistines and the Arabs. Uh, so you might be alert to that. Other comments and questions? You actually look like you're perking up. Can we go a few more minutes before we take a break? You know, okay. All right. Um, chapter 22, verses 1 to 4. Guess who's appointed as king in Israel or in Judah after Jehoram's death? Why? Only option. <laughs> Nobody else is around to appoint. So uh, the Arabs have killed the others, so Isaiah begins to reign. And um, what, was, um, what was the biggest influence, apparently, on his life? His mommy, they were like an evil duo. She was his counselor in doing evil. And who was mama? Athaliah, who was Jezebel's daughter. And so again, the reign of the kings of Judah in this period are constantly being compared with Ahab and his family because, stop and think about it, how was Ahaziah related to Ahab? Ahab was what to Ahaziah? Grandpa. grandpa. You know? Ahab and Jezebel were grandpa and grandma for Ahaziah. 
Are you surprised that he turned out to be a wicked king? And do you see what a horrible impact this political marriage, Jehoshaphat marrying off his son to Ahab's daughter, is having on the nation of Israel? Comments and questions? Not a good thing. All right, five to nine. He also walked according to the temple and went with Jehoram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, waged war against his Isaiah, king of Aaron, at Ramachal, but the Arameans really joined. So he returned to be healed in Jezreel and the wounds which they had inflicted on him at Ramah. And he fought against Hazael, king of Aaron, and Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, went down to see Jehoram, the son of Ahab, in Jezreel because he was sick. Now the destruction of Ahaziah was from God, and as he went through Jehoram, and when he came, he went out with Jehoram against Jehoram, the son of Menasheh, which the Lord had anointed to cut off the house of Ahab. It came about when Jehu was executing judgment in the house of Ahab, he found the prince of Judah and found the sons, the sons of Ahaziah's brothers ministering to Ahaziah and slew them. They also sought Ahaziah, and they caught him while he was hiding in Samaria. They brought him to Jehu, put him to death, and buried him. And they said, He is the son of Jehoshaphat, who sought the Lord with all his heart. For there was no one in the house of Ahaziah to retain the power of the Okay. So, um, what did Ahaziah do that got him in trouble? He went to fight together with... Now, is this getting to be a little bit complicated? All right. You want to follow me on this one? You will have to think through this. But let's see if we can put this together for a second. In Judah... What we're basically studying. Jehoshaphat's son was who? Jehoram. He was married to? Athaliah. Their son was? Ahaziah. In Israel, Ahab's son who reigned in his place was Ahaziah, the one Jehoshaphat made the shipping alliance with. Ahaziah, we know from Kings, fell through the lattice and died after a couple of years. And his brother, another one of Ahab's sons, reigned. That's Jehoram. So in Israel, it's Ahab, his son Ahaziah, and Ahaziah's brother, Jehoram. That makes Ahaziah... And Jehoram related how to Athaliah? They're his brothers. They're brothers. You know, Ahab ends up having three prominent kids. Ahaziah, who reigns for a short time, naval alliance with Jehoshaphat, falls through the lattice and dies. And, and another son, Jehoram, who reigns for a few years, and a daughter, Athaliah, who becomes Mrs. Jehoram in Judah. They're all, all got the same names. You've got Ahab, Ahaziah, Jehoram in Israel. You've got Jehoshaphat, Jehoram, Ahaziah in Judah. 
Now, maybe it's not so shocking they have the same names. They're probably named after their relatives. And they're all interrelated. Now, can you follow that? I don't have much space on here to diagram it. I don't have... Do what? Have you got a board? I don't... That'd be, I'd, yeah. That might help. Um, how, how does she do? Is she good? All right. My, my lovely assistant here. You already know this? I thought so. Yeah, this has got stuff on it. Yep. But, I don't know. Does that help? Water doesn't help, does it? Yeah. Does water help? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call that where they write over a manuscript? Isn't there a word for, like, writing over what's been written on a manuscript? Like, polystrophy or something like that? Isn't there a word like that? Yeah, yeah you're getting it, Kyle. All right, I can write on it now. Very good. You're a good man. All right. Um, so, we've got Ahab. Let's see. Let's do it like this. We've got Ahab... And I'll let Jennifer hold this in a minute after I write on it. Who who has sons Ahaziah and Jehoram and daughter Athaliah. We've got Jehoshaphat. I'll just name, label him Jeho. Well, now I better put Shaphat, hadn't I? Yeah. Jehoshaphat. And he has a son Jehoram, and Jehoram marries Athaliah, and they have. Ahaziah. Now, you want to hold that for us? What do you think? Can you see that and figure that out? You've got Ahab, his son Ahaziah, his other son Jehoram, who is a brother to Athaliah, who marries Jehoram, Jehoshaphat's son, and Athaliah and Jehoram have Ahaziah. Yes. And she has a brother and a daughter and a son named Ahaziah. Yeah. Athaliah's brother and husband are both named Jehoram. And she has a brother and a son both named Ahaziah. Now, here's the $64,000 question. If you can get this one right, you pass. We read in... 2 Chronicles 22.5, that Ahaziah also walked according to their counsel and went with Jehoram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, to wage war against Hazel, king of Aram, at Ramoth Gilead. When Ahaziah of Judah goes with Jehoram, son of Ahab, king of Israel, to wage war against Aram, Ahaziah was going with what relative of his? His uncle! Good job, guys! You've got it. So Ahaziah goes with Uncle Jehoram <laughs> to fight against the Arameans at Ramoth Gilead. You, you all are good. It is exciting. 
I think you're the first group that has ever gotten this. And I've taught it several times. All right. We'll uh, let our able assistant uh, rest there and uh, move on to what happens. Now, um, fighting against Ramoth Gilead reminds you of something. What Ahab fought against Ramoth Gilead together with Jehoshaphat. And remember, the results of that battle were not especially healthy for Ahab. Remember that? What happened to him? Random arrow. Wrong spot. And he died. And the results of this battle were not especially healthy for Joram, which is just short for Jehoram. What happened to him? Well, what happened to him in the battle of Ramoth Gilead? He got hurt. He was wounded. And he goes back to... Probably. But where's the capital? Jezreel. And so he goes back to Jezreel uh, to uh, recover from his wounds. And Ahaziah goes to visit him. Ahaziah is his what? Nephew. And so while he's up visiting Uncle Jehoram, God sends Jehu, the son of Nimshi, to cut off the family of Ahab. And he kills Jehoram, son of Ahab, and he kills Ahaziah, grandson of Ahab and of Jehoshaphat. So he kills off the kings of both Judah and Israel on the same day, and while he's at it, he kills off Ahaziah's brother's children. Ahaziah had brothers. What had happened to them? Ahaziah had brothers who were killed by the Arabs, verse 1. See, now look. You've got to see this. What's happening in this family? Jehoram's, Jehoram's brothers were killed by Jehoram. Ahaziah's brothers were killed by the Arabs. Ahaziah's brother's kids were killed by Jehu, the son of Nimshi. And so, we don't have much left. All we've got are Ahaziah's kids for just a moment. Um, all right, let's see. Is there anything else we need to say about this? I'll tell you, things have gone downhill in a hurry, though. It hadn't been long, just a few years since Jehoshaphat died, and now things are just falling completely apart in Judah. All right. Um, they, uh, they did bury Ahaziah, not because there was anything, any positive qualities on his own that would merit this, but they buried Ahaziah because he was a descendant of Jehoshaphat. And they thought maybe to honor Jehoshaphat, his grandpa, that uh, he deserved an honorable burial. Any comments and questions through verse 9? All right, one more little section, and we'll take a break. 10 through 12. Azariah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, and she rose up and spoke to destroy all the city of the kingdom of the house of Judah. 
and Jehoshabeth, the daughter of the king, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, stole him from among the sons of the king, and were put to death, and put him and his nurse in the storeroom of the bedroom. And Jehoshabeth, the daughter of King Jehoram, the wife of Joy of the priest, because she was the sister of Ahaziah, hid him in the face of Aphrodite, and she did not put him to death. And he was with them in the house of God, hiding himself six years. And Athaliah reigned over the land. Okay. Athaliah sees that her son Ahaziah is dead, and she rises up and does what? All the royal offspring. Now, what royal offspring would these be? Her grandkids, Ahaziah's children. And why did she kill her grandkids? So she could become queen, queen, so there'd be nobody else to be on the throne. Don't you just love a grandma who does this? You know? Do you see why I say she probably outdoes Jezebel in terms of meanness and wickedness? I mean, if that's not power-hungry, what is it? And remember, it was not like she was at odds with Ahaziah. She was his counselor. They were the dynamic evil duo. But she's not above killing his kids off if it means she gets to become queen. She is a mess. Um, and, and it's like, something think about it for a moment. In Israel, already her grandfather Omri, her father Ahab, and two brothers, Ahaziah and Jehoram of Rain, in Judah already, her father-in-law Jehoshaphat, her husband Jehoram, and her son Ahaziah have reigned, but that's not enough for her. She wants to reign. She wants to be queen. And so she kills her grandkids so she can get the throne. Except for one little detail. And what is that detail? <clears throat> Joash is spared. How did that happen? Yeah. Jehoshabeth. Um, who is she? Jehoram's daughter. What would that make her to Athaliah? I'm assuming stepdaughter. I'm assuming Jehoram had more than one wife and that she is a stepdaughter of Athaliah. I don't know that for sure, but it doesn't say that she was Athaliah's daughter. It says that she was Jehoram's daughter. Anyhow, she is married to who? Do we even know in this section? Jehoiada. Who was Jehoiada? The priest. And so she would be what to Ahaziah? She's a sister or maybe a half-sister, stepsister, something like that to Ahaziah. So this is like her little nephew that she takes and, and Athaliah doesn't get him and Athaliah doesn't seem to know it. I don't know if Athaliah hadn't even kept track of how many grandkids she or uh, what. She's, uh, she's Ahaziah's sister or half-sister or stepsister or something. And so she takes her little nephew, just one years old, one year old, and where do they hide him? In the temple, a place that Athaliah probably is not going to spend a whole lot of time. And uh, so he's hidden in the temple for six years 
while Athaliah is the wicked queen. Now, I'll tell you, it looks like God's promise to the family of David is hanging by a thread that's been half sawn in two. It looks like the lamp back in 21.7 that God was going to give to David and his sons forever was just about to be extinguished. The fact of the matter is, that's not the case. God was well protecting this, and it may be hanging by one little baby, but God will cause the family of David to continue to exist and to prevail. He's not going to allow that promise to fail. So, comments and questions. Wasn't Jehu supposed to kill off all the family they had? Yes, he was. Wouldn't that include Joash? I don't know if we should consider that to include Joash, no. I'm not sure that. Maybe it included Ahaziah, but I'm not sure he should have gone farther than that. I don't know. We know that Jehu wasn't overly concerned about what the Lord wanted him to do anyhow. He was more or less following his own will. It just happened to coincide with the Lord's at the moment. Other comments and questions? Yes, I think so. Yes. Well, you've uh, been patient through uh, something that probably uh, knocked a few cobwebs out of the brain. So I appreciate that when we take a 10 or 15 minute break and then we'll uh, come back down and uh, work on chapter 23.